A day in the life at 39 Essex Chambers. You're listening to the Pupillage Podcast brought to you by 39 Essex Chambers. Welcome to this episode in our series of podcasts looking at pupillage, mini pupillage applications and practicing life at 39 Essex Chambers. We hope that these podcasts are useful and enjoyable for those who in the future might look to apply for a mini pupillage, pupillage or tenancy here with us. I'm Ruth Keating, a tenant of 39 Essex Chambers, and today I'm going to discuss a typical day in the life of a pupil with Dan, a recent new member of Chambers. Hi, Dan. Hi, Ruth. I'm Dan Kazalko, another member at 39 Essex Chambers. So, Dan, starting at the beginning of the day as a pupil, when would you expect to get in? Chambers has a strict policy on pupil work times that particularly applies in the first six and generally applies in the second six as well. And so I would expect to get in at 9am and to be finishing by 6pm. I might get in five or ten minutes before to make sure that I'm ready and raring to go at nine. But um, yes, nine till six is the, the standard approach at 39 Essex. That's great. Thanks, Dan. And so would your supervisor be there eagerly waiting for you to come in? Well, that would really depend on the supervisor and their, you know, position. For some, that definitely would be the case. I've, I've, I've had supervisors who you get in and, you know, they've been there for two hours burning the early morning oil. Um, but for others, you know, they've got children and other commitments, so they may come in after nine uh, once the school run has been done and also may pop out later in the day to do the school run. Um, you know, the life of a barrister is very mixed and there's a lot of working at different times as best suits your needs. Thanks, Dan. So in terms of working when best suits your needs, as a pupil, would you have had access to IT from home? Typically not. Uh, that would change a bit in the practising second six when you're taking on your own cases. But certainly initially, when when you leave and the door closes on the front of chambers, that would be it for overnight. And I think that really helped with ingraining the idea early, for me at least, of a, of a work-life balance. In Chambers, we, we were given a desktop. I know that's changed slightly because of COVID. So they, the pupils will have laptops. But when, when I practiced, it was a desktop. And for the very few times that I actually needed to be contacted outside of hours, my supervisor would call me or um, drop me a text. And if you think of a typical day, Dan, what might the morning look like when you got in? Well, for me, the first thing when I get in, get sat down, you know, get the computer on and then go and get a coffee. And that's really the way I'd start my day. I actually can think of one day I remember from well, a couple of years ago now, but where it sticks out in my memory very much because I arrived at 9am and I had this really difficult opinion that was writing for one of my supervisors on loss of a chance to detect a medical infection, which was re- really quite a brain teaser. And so I'd get immediately stuck into that once once the coffee was at my desk with me. Priorities in order, Dan. I like that. It's very important. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then, yeah, so in, in that scenario, on that day, my supervisor got in about half nine because she'd take her kids into the school. And then she'd ask if I wanted another coffee. And then, yep, we'd have a coffee and a chat about the day. Um, on the day I'm thinking of, I know that my supervisor had a conference call at 11, which I would join in on for, for pupillage at 39. You generally join pretty much everything your supervisor does. We also arranged that day to do some feedback on a piece of work that I'd already done. And um, that's quite a common occurrence as well, getting regular feedback on all your work. So that would really be the things for the morning. 
That's great. And Dan, lots of interaction with your supervisor there, which is brilliant. Would you have had interaction with other members of chambers or how would that work? Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, every day someone will be um, popping in um, to say hello or to meet you or to, you know, invite you out for lunch. Um, I mean, on the, the day that I'm remembering, I remember some of the junior tenants popping in. In fact, I think you might have popped in, Ruth, to um, say uh, say hello and ask how I was getting on. Um, and um, the, we have quite a few sofa chairs around chambers. So I know we go and sit in them and have a drink, a coffee or a tea and overlook Chancery Lane and have a chat. Um, otherwise, there was such a um, difficult opinion on that mm. day. I think I would have been really... Um, you know, working hard to um, fly through the time and get stuff done. And so, you know, very quickly to a conference call at 11am. That's great. And Dan, it sounds like supervisors, and certainly my experience was the same, very much involve you in all aspects of their work. So in terms of a conference call, how would that work if you were a pupil? Yeah, that's, that's so the case. We're involved in so much. And with with a conference call like that, what would happen would be my, my supervisor puts the call on speaker and then right at the start would announce my presence um, so everyone was aware that I was there and very often with that kind of event so a hearing or a um, conference your work immediately prior to that um, certainly in this case would be to prepare something and um, you know use that as um, as something to really jump off into in the conference, and so I, in this scenario, had already done a um, note assessing quantum. It was a it was a conference negotiating uh, quantum, and it was quite it was quite funny. It was quite good actually. I mean, the the result was very similar to what I remember um, saying that I thought it would be, which was which was you know quite quite good news. Um, the conference lasted, um, I think it was an hour or an hour and a half, um, and uh, what you would often do as a pupil, you tend not to speak very much or if at all when you're actually observing in a conference but very often you will be one taking the note which you'll then send to your supervisor after. That's great Dan so it certainly sounds like you were very useful and I always think if you can get the same result that was the outcome at the end that always feels like the big <laughs> win for a pupil so that's brilliant. <laughs> in terms of yourself Dan so I know I had two co-pupils we typically take three pupils and I was really good friends with my co-pupils and I still am which is great. How did you find interacting with your co-pupils during the year? Yeah, so I was I was exactly the same. There was three of us total, including me. Um, within the first few days of joining, there's a WhatsApp group where you're constantly talking about, oh, this is difficult, or, you know, what do you want to do today? And so, you know, on that day, I, I think I remember getting a message on the group, or I sent a message saying if people wanted to go and get lunch. And so at lunchtime, we'd ro- you know, we'd roll around and we'd go and go to somewhere like Press, which is very close to us, or Press, which is in our building, and um, get a coffee and a sandwich or something and go and sit out in the sun on Lincoln's Inn Fields. Um, or go down to Vienham Court and have um, lunch there. And we really um, did do a lot of different um, eating activities at lunchtime as pupils. And, and very often, you know, it would be chats about work or chats about what you're doing at the weekend. Um, yeah. And as you say, Ruth, yeah, very good friends still are. That's great. Yeah, I know we had a similar experience sampling all the different lunch spots nearby and ranking our favourites and that kind of thing. <laughs> so lunch, definitely the highlight of the day. After that dance, yeah. you've had your lunch. What would the afternoon then look like for you as a pupil? Well, for me, it would be more coffee. Um, but <laughs> m- maybe I'm giving in a yeah a certain impression of myself in this podcast. But yeah, so I'd, I'd go back and I think... On the day that I'm remembering, I worked until mid-late afternoon. And then it was at that point that we had that discussion about a piece of work that I'd previously done. And that that had been for a skeleton argument uh, that I'd done for a hearing the previous week. That's and great. 
Yeah, now, well, it was it was very good, and it's always great. We get a lot of feedback, and it's it's very constant. On every piece of work, you'll always get some form of feedback. Unfortunately, in this scenario, the feedback wasn't great because mm. I'd noticed at the hearing that I'd missed um, quite an important point. Um, and so my supervisor took the time then to explain what had gone wrong and how I needed to improve that. And it is, I'm, I'm sure you'll have had the same experiences, Ruth. It is disappointing to get that mm. kind of feedback when you miss it. But it's also good to have the guidance and to know where you've gone wrong and why um, you need to improve next time and how you do that. And it's it's really important as well for everyone, you know, whether you're at 39 or somewhere else, remember that sometimes things do go wrong in pupillage and that's just part of the learning experience. Exactly, Dan. I think that's right. I mean, if you're getting it right all the time, it probably also means the work isn't pitched at the right level because you should be getting things sometimes wrong as a pupil and that's the whole learning experience. And I also think... You know, for my own part, that's why the feedback is so brilliant. You know, you're not there sitting with your supervisor trying to analyse the little micro movements in their face to wonder what they thought of your opinion. They just give you the feedback and you sit down. I always found them really helpful. So I think that's the big learning curve. And of course, you never make that same mistake again then if you've sat down with your supervisor. So I think that's the key thing. In terms of the tricky pieces of work, I find that as well. You know, you're getting really difficult pieces to work on. How did you find that the deadlines worked with your supervisor? The, the situation, as actually with this opinion that I was describing um, a moment ago, time would of, often be tight on deadlines. I'm, I'm sure you found it the same way. And there, were, there was certainly a, an amount of pressure, which was about performing and trying to fit a lot into the time that you have. But all my supervisors were very careful to not set an impossible deadline and there was always scope for asking for an extension and so for me at least there was a lot of trying your best to meet the deadlines to show that you were committed and you were able and you were um, able to you know keep up with the level of work required um, but if you ended up down a rabbit hole or, you know, there was some issue that was new that you'd never come across before, you could have a conversation with your supervisor and, and say that's how it was going. Brilliant. And Dan, so in terms of the end of the day, you know, knowing you, you've reached about 5pm, you've had about 100 cups of coffee by the signs of things. <laughs> uh, how would the end of the afternoon work before you left Chambers? I think I said at the start, my, my supervisor um, would, would pop off and, and collect her kids from school. So my supervisor might have gone by half or five. And then... We have the strict deadline, 6pm, you know, you've got to be leaving by that point. And people would come and stick their head around the door and say, why are you still here if it was 6.15? <laughs> um, I remember so many members of Chambers doing that over the, my year of pupillage. And so, yeah, I mean, on, on the day in question, it was get the opinion off and then get myself off at 6 and um, back on the tube to go home and, you know, go out and meet friends. Um, as I said, I mean, that was a big thing about my experience with pupillage was being able to have that work-life balance and not sending every hour that, you know, God gives. Exactly. So, Dan, I can definitely relate to the feeling of, you know, standing by a printer at one minute past six and having multiple members of Chambers coming up and asking me why I was there. How did you find support from other members of Chambers throughout your pupillage? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I personally can't speak highly enough of the kind of support that you get. For everyone who is a pupil, your supervisor is always there to take calls from you particularly and I remember this happening a few times to me in a panic in second six when you're actually on your own feet and something happens and you think oh I I, I need someone to speak to now mm. and and that as well won't just be your supervisor that will be other members of chambers so many people 
well, you, you were a year ahead of me and, and I remember you giving me your number to call in case something had gone wrong mm. or if you just wanted to chat or help with something. And so everyone was great on guidance and assistance. Um, also from a sort of communal support standpoint, we were involved in so many of the fun experiences that happen in chambers, chambers parties, chambers events, going out drinking, um, going out to eat, all of these things were things that the pupils were generally involved in. So yeah, I, I can't say much more than everyone was it was so supportive when, when I was a pupil. Exactly, Dan. I certainly had similar experiences, you know, giving someone a panicked call from a from a county court somewhere in, in England and the other member chambers being very gracious to answer my questions, even though, you know, they're about 10 years more senior than me. So certainly lots of people to call, which is brilliant. Thanks, Dan. That was great. I think that was a really helpful summary of what a typical day at 39 Essex Chambers might involve. And for those who are interested, there's more information on our Chambers website. And if you'd like to learn more, we'd certainly encourage you to apply for our mini pupillage scheme to get even more of an insight into what life as a pupil might be like. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Find our other podcasts and resources over at 39essex.com. Thank you.